I'm Dick Gordon. This is the story. Not long ago, the northwest corner of North Dakota was better known for its grain elevators and the weekly livestock auction in the county seat of Williston. But times have changed. Highway 85 is now the main north-south route into one of the busiest oil booms this country has seen in years. People always knew there was oil under the rock, but advances in drilling, horizontal and hydraulic fracturing, have drilling companies predicting they'll be able to recover billions of barrels of oil. Our series, Reworking Jobs in America, looks today at the hundreds of new jobs that are available in North Dakota. Todd Melby's a reporter who moved to the oil fields for Black Gold Boom. It's a public media project, and we have photographs and links on our website. What Todd has discovered is that while thousands of men and women are finding work in the oil fields, thousands more are moving to this part of the country, up near the Canadian border. They're coming in to feed and house the workers, to bring in the shiny new pickups and other goods that the men will spend their money on, and to service the bigger trucks that are also a part of this boom. There are just tons and tons of trucks on tiny two-lane highways, and the state is really trying to build more four-lane highways and more passing lanes, but all that's coming pretty slowly. Um, It's just happened super quickly with tens of thousands of new people and thousands and thousands of trucks. And these trucks weren't there four or five years ago. This is all new, and the infrastructure just isn't there to handle it. We'll talk about that in, in, in just a bit. I want to meet some of the people that you've been running into. There's a woman, Adele, who I guess runs a food truck. Tell me about the day when you met her. Tell me uh, where you were, where she was. Sort of set the scene for me. Yeah, um, I'd spent the afternoon at Theodore Roosevelt National Park, the north unit, which is just south of Watford City, North Dakota. And I was driving back to Williston along Highway 85, and there's a there's this dusty crossroads where there's a gas station and a newly built hotel and a couple of food trucks. And, and I was just driving along the highway, and I saw two people sitting on top of one food truck. And I thought, wow, why are they up there? I should, I should go back and talk to them. So I, I turned my car around, went back and approached them, and it was Adele and a friend of hers. And they were just hanging out on top of the food truck. It was a Sunday night, and it was her day off, and so they were just looking out across the prairie. Okay, my name is Adele, and I'm from Tennessee, and we're in a hill in North Dakota. There's nothing here. It's just a bunch of dirt and mud and wind and nothing else, pretty much. Lots of money, though. I'm digging for gold like everybody else. Black gold, you know. Got to get some of the green that comes from the gold. Texas tea, that's right. What's your method for getting the black gold? Well, I own this uh, luxurious trailer that we're sitting on top of. It's about uh, 24 feet long, and it's a mobile kitchen. It's a complete kitchen. It's not just like a state fair kitchen. It's a, I can cook. I can cook full meals in it. So I'm, I'm up here to feed a bunch of people that are hungry for some good food, not some food. I'm on the radio. I can't cuss. When I came up here in March to look around, everywhere I ate was nasty, and everybody was saying they're starving. Hi, my name is John Daly. I'm from Arizona. I love her cheeseburgers are the very best on the planet. You cannot cannot buy better food within, I'm not kidding, within 100 miles either direction of this trailer. She is the prettiest girl within 300 miles a year also, I mean, that I've seen. I mean, really. 
So many men here say, oh, I gave it all to my ex-wife and I'm up here to start all over again. I've heard that out of so many mouths up here and I've only been open six days. Do you think your, your truck is a little bit like a confessional? I don't think it has anything to do with the truck. It's me, baby. It's me. It's all me. They just got to talk to me, you know? They got to tell me all their problems and hopes and dreams. It's just the way it is. It's called the Gourmet Grill, and I am at Patriot Point in front of, uh, what is this hotel? It's called the Tumbleweed Inn. Between Watford City and Williston. That's right. On Highway 85, the busiest highway in all of North Dakota. And we are going to nickname this Highway 85. It has a new name. I've renamed it. It's going to be called the Highway of Hope. Because everybody that comes down this road, they've all got a story and all got a bunch of dreams. Everybody's up here to start over, pretty much. You spend a lot of time there. Is it really that hard to find a decent meal in, in the area where the all the rig workers are? It's a lot of hamburgers and a lot of breakfast burritos. And Adele really wanted to to offer guys some vegetables. You know, she actually had she actually had something that was green <laughs> and. Uh, you know, my my wife came out to do some reporting with me, and she came out to visit. And you know, she she said that the, you know the food is just as as brown as the dirt. It just tends to be be meat. You were getting gas at one point and met some young guys at the gas station. I was in Newtown, North Dakota, and I was at a, a Senex gas station, which became a truck stop. Sort of all the gas stations have, have become these huge truck stops where. Pickups pull in, but also big rigs pull in. And I was just filling up my SUV with gas, and I saw these guys over there, and they they had they had ropes. They were they were cowboys, and I'm like, how cool is that? This is North Dakota. And there's you mean lariats, that type of ropes. Yes, exactly, lariats. They okay. had lariats, and they were <laughs> they were you know swing it in in like these big circles, and they would whip it after this this dummy steer. It was like a a, a make believe plastic steer that had actual you know bullhorns on it. And they were, you know, just practicing their roping. Here we are, first deer. I'm Jace Mitchell. I'm from St. George, Utah. Uh, Logan Bice. I'm from Boise, Idaho. Uh, he's my stepbrother. And we just met up here a couple days ago and started working on the tankers. Um, we wash out the oil from the inside of the tankers so that they can switch jobs to clean water. Eh, money's good, but other than that, it's all right. <laughs> it ain't bad. It's a job. You know, now we're waiting for a job, so we're here roping the dummy, practicing a little bit, wasting time. It's the only thing to do in North Dakota. <laughs> Second steer, Brocky. Gotta be an eight. Gotta be an eight. What does he mean, Todd? Gotta be an eight. Gotta be an eight. <laughs> uh, that means eight seconds, so... When you're on the horse and you're going after the steer, a really good time is eight seconds. <laughs> these guys, are <laughs> I know, bored, who knew? Right? <laughs> yeah, these, you know, and Jace was fantastic. Uh, he was the guy that you heard most of the time in the piece, and he was bright. He was young. He was, and and, uh, and they're so young, right? That's that's the other thing that comes through when you listen to their voices. He was. He was. He was probably nineteen, twenty years old, and 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 he loved he loved cattle and he loved horses so much that. Uh, that he went back to Utah. I, I talked to his his stepbrother later, and and he said, yeah, Jace wasn't really into it. He just wanted to be back at the ranch, and so he gave it up and he went home. 
Tell me about the water truck workers that you ran into. Where did you find them? I met them in Stanley, North Dakota, which is about 40, 50 miles from Williston. And uh, Stanley has a Mexican restaurant now. And in western North Dakota, I don't think there had been Mexican restaurants until the oil boom. I realized that in lots of small towns in America, there are now Mexican restaurants. But western North Dakota is super, super rural super flat and super non-diverse until until recently. So the, just the fact that there was a Mexican restaurant surprised me, you know, when I saw it. My name is Alfredo Cantu. I'm from Detroit, Michigan, driving a water truck, semi-truck. Uh, we are in Stanley, North Dakota. I work about 30 miles west in Tioga. That's my buddy Julio, and uh, he's from Chicago, and then I got my buddy Lacey here from California. My name is um, Kelvin Lacey. I'm from California. I've been out here about a month and a half. I like it, you know. Got Working with a good company, you know, they take care of us. I'm happy. On the weekends, what we do, what am I not? Go to uh, go grocery shopping. <laughs> so, yeah, hanging out at Walmart or going to see a movie. I've never seen so many movies with guys in my life till now. It's like, yeah, you want to go to the movies? I'm like, it's horrible. It's like asking somebody out on a date. It's like, hey, what are you doing next week? You want to go to the movies with me? Because there's nothing else to do. <laughs> Williston's like the bad part of Las Vegas. It's like the unkept, no one no one talks about it. What goes on in Williston stays in Williston. <laughs> so I stay out of there. I'm a Christian. So <laughs> hang out in Minot. Hang out in Minot. You're used to the city life, but the things you do at home you can't do here. So you got to find other things to do and, and people to do it with. And that's what you do. Movies, shopping, that's it. <laughs> Maybe wings and things, that's about it. That's the highlight. Everyone gets along pretty good, and they, you know, everyone understands you're away from your family. So it's a little easier for everyone to you know, ming- mingle and click. You know, it's kind of like high school. This one never pays. So we we making sure we're making him a real nice bill right now. Oh, yeah. Got the most money but the tightest. <laughs> <laughs> they tease each other about how much money they have in their wallets, I guess, right? <laughs> Yeah. And do they have a lot? Are they making a lot of money there, Todd? Oh, yeah. Everybody's making lots of money. Everybody's making, I'd say, between eighty dollars and $140,000. Driving trucks. Yeah, driving trucks, working on drilling rigs, working on workover rigs, doing roustabout work. Uh, probably, I mean, the folks who are working at, at fast food restaurants and at Walmart are not making that, that much money. They're making more money at fast foods and Walmarts than in other parts of the country, but they're not making the big oil field money. Um, you know, the young people that come to Western North Dakota, they're, everybody wants that, that big paying oil field job that, that kind of pays someplace in the range that I, that I mentioned there. And it sounds like there are still those jobs to be had. I mean, I read about it in the news, and, and it's not like things are winding up at all. Things are not winding up, and they don't appear to be. I mean, that's kind of one of the questions everybody asks is like, how long is this boom going to last? Is this going to be like a really long boom of 5, 10, 20 years or more? Or is it just going to fizzle out? Nobody really knows, but there's definitely enough oil in the ground to keep the boom going. So I think it probably has to do more with the, the supply or, you know, the price of oil worldwide than, than anything else. Todd Melby is the producer of Black Gold Boom. It's a project of Prairie Public Radio, local lore, and audio independence in radio.
Jeff Swenson was born in Williston, North Dakota. Just a few years ago, he was ready to leave, convinced there was no future there. But now he's back and working in the oil business. As a local, he has the perspective to look at the good and the bad side of a boom. And I'll talk with him in just a moment. I'm Dick Gordon from APM, American Public Media. This is The Story. I'm Dick Gordon. This is The Story. So here's how it went for Jeff Swenson. He left his hometown of Williston, North Dakota, where he says the biggest thrill used to be throwing lit firecrackers at each other. He was thinking that he'd make his way in Minneapolis. But now he's back and working in the oil industry. He says he hardly recognizes the place, that now if you pull up to the drive through at McDonald's, it can take 45 minutes to get your burger and fries first job I applied for I had before I even left the interview and I had interviewed one I felt during while I was filling out the application <laughs> wait a second you you took in a resume or something right yeah I did take in a resume which you know that was really weird but uh yeah they still have you fill out an application and while I was filling it out they did the interview and I, I had the job before I left why was it weird to take in a resume I don't know. Just I guess most people in this industry don't take in resumes. They just fill out a job application. Oh, they didn't even want to look at it? Oh, they glanced at it. They didn't really look at it too well. And what was the first job you got then? I, I still have the first job that I got while I was here. Okay. Um, I'm a wireline operator. You have to explain that to me. What, what does a wireline operator do? Um, well, there's wireline is a just a service. Um that we do um we have tools that attach to just like a steel cable and they we send it down hole and i wireline operator i deal with everything on the ground whether it's running the crane or putting tools together and stuff like that and i gather that you're working pretty long hours yep i usually average is 70 70 hours a week um anywhere from 70 to 130 hours a week Wait a second, 130 hours a week? That's no time to sleep. Oh, come on now. That gives you 30, 38 hours in a week to sleep. <laughs> what, are you sleeping in the truck or what? Sometimes, when you have to. And are you paid for all those hours? You are paid from when you get to the shop till you get back to the shop. So we get paid for drive time to location, drive time back. If you're out there waiting for a crew to finish, we get paid. And is it time and a half after 40 hours? Oh, yeah. All right. Time and a half after 40 means that a, a, a week when you're working 130 hours is a big check. Yeah. Well, my job's difficult also. We get paid. We get a bonus for when we finish a job. So uh, we get a percentage of how much we charge the customer. So do you mind me asking, like, what a really good bonus would be for you in, in your experience? Um. Well, I've cleared over 6000 in a week. Yeah, and that was just bonus. That's not hourly or anything like that. Jeff, what are you doing with all this money? Um, well, it's just like anything. The more money you make, the bigger and more expensive your toys get. <laughs> okay. Yeah, what you... it, all, it, it all spends the same. When I was broke, I still spent my money, and now, now that I have money, I still spend it. <laughs> what are you driving? Um, I'm not big on like new, I have just 
too many toys. I don't really just spend it all on one thing. So, you know, I got a couple vehicles. I got three Harleys, a few four-wheelers. I take trips a lot, so. Jeff, how much do you like the work that you're doing? I mean, it, it sounds like that you're being well-paid and worked hard. Um, is, it, is it fun what you're doing? It depends on the moment. It's just like any job. Some days are fun. Some days are awful. You know, if everything's going wrong, it's not a fun day. You know, if everything's going good, it's a good day. We made some money and we go home, you know. So it all depends on the day, I guess. Um, ultimately, I do like the job. I don't like uh, the hours get old sometimes. Yeah. And uh, I really don't like having to live here. <laughs> I'm just trying to think about the kind of hours that you're describing. I mean, it's... In- uh, kind of hard to have a relationship, isn't it? You have a girlfriend? Yeah, I do have a girlfriend. What does she think about the fact that you might be gone 120 hours working 120 hours a week? Um, well, uh, my girlfriend actually lives in Minneapolis, so she's not around when I'm doing that. So it's pretty, I think that's fortunate. You know, she's busy, I'm busy, kind of works out, but it, it gets really tough sometimes, you know, to even find time to talk on the phone or anything like that. And 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 what about the situation in Williston itself? The the mix of boys and girls. What's going on with that? <laughs> there isn't really a mix. I don't think. Uh, I don't. I don't remember. I don't know. the The guy to girl ratio is extremely separated. You know, I'm talking like twenty to one. You know, something like that. Okay, so a new guy comes in from St. Paul and says, all right, Jeff, you, you were born here, you know this town. Where can I go to meet a girl? What would you tell him? <laughs> go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, you know, I lived here for just under two years before I even had a girlfriend, and I had to go out of town. <laughs> I mean, one of the reasons I'm asking you about, you know, uh, having a relationship and liking the job and stuff like that is do you see this as something that you're going to be doing you know, two years from now or five years from now? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, it wouldn't be bad if it slowed down a little bit, but, um, but you know, if it slows down, then money goes down too. You know, they're not going to pay you as much if they're slower, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, to find a balance would be nice, but, um, I actually do like the job. So the, the actual work we do, I like, so... It's just, you know, one of the things that amazes me is that we're talking about the place where you're living and working. All this money, all these jobs, all this, uh, you know, activity. And in so many parts of the rest of the country, people just can't find anything to do. They can't get a job at McDonald's or a Trader Joe's. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's uh, we live in a bubble as far as the economy is concerned. So what's your advice for... Uh, people when they come in like grab all you can while while you're here well that i don't really care about it's uh we have a lot of people that come and then they all they do is well excuse my language but talk about this community you know they didn't grow up here they think wherever they're from is the best place in the world well apparently where you're at you ain't making money so shut up (laughs) you know what i mean I'm guessing, so, listening to you tell this story, that you've had this argument a few times with people over a beer. Oh, yeah. I It gets old. You know, you work with anyone from whether it's 
Louisiana or Wyoming or Michigan. It don't matter where they're from. They think wherever they're from is the best place in the world, and they just think that they need to trash talk this place. But nobody's forcing them to live here. You know, treat my community with respect like I would do if I was where you're at, you know. 90, 90, 95% of the people that come here to work are good guys. They just want to support their families, and they're, you know, just here to make some money. But you get that 5, 10% of these assholes that just destroy this town, you know, go to the bars and fight everybody. Jeff, just one more question about the work that you do. What's the longest shift or period of time that you were on the job? I just want to try and get a sense of of how hard you're working at this uh, oil boom. 11 days. 11 days without a day off? 11 days on one location. Um, you know, you might get two hours while they're, the other crew's doing something, so you get a two-hour nap and whatever it may be. But, yeah, 11 days was the longest I've been on one location where I wasn't home. There must be a lot of people uh, buying new trucks in Williston these days. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, the same uh, brand-new pickup don't sit on the car lot very often. Pickups are king around here. You, that's all you see are pickups. And if somebody's making $120,000 a year, then they don't even have to drive that truck for a year, right? They can just buy themselves another one when it gets dirty. Yeah, when it needs new tires, usually people buy new pickups. <laughs> Seriously, right? Yeah, you get smart. You get, I mean, it's the same thing as everybody. You get your dumb guys that just blow their money as fast as they can get it. Or, you know, I know guys that make $120,000, $140,000 a year and they're, you know, still live paycheck to paycheck, you know, where they can't. You know, they just blow it as fast as they can get it. And so when you step back from the whole thing, do you think, Jeff, that that this boom is a good thing for your part of North Dakota or a bad thing? Uh, it's like anything. You get your. I mean, ultimately, I think it's a good thing. Because if you look at, like, you know, state financials and stuff like that, it's a great thing. But... It's just like anything. You got your good things and your bad things. Everything kind of suffers sometimes. You know, when you're when you're this busy, everything suffers. So, you know, whether it be your way of life or your relationship or whatever. Yeah. But I think all in all, it's a good thing for the state. I think it's a great thing for the guys doing it that are making the money. I know a lot of guys that, you know, moved here from wherever and they were in so far in debt, you know, behind behind on mortgages and stuff like that, and they've crawled out and paid for their house. I mean, some guys are doing it right. If you're doing it right, it's a great thing. That's Jeff Swenson in Williston, North Dakota. You're listening to the story. As I've mentioned in our series, Reworking, we're interested in hearing from you as well. We got a letter from Hannah Paul. She lives in Ann Arbor, Michigan, Her husband has taken a job in Williston in the oil boom there. And Hannah talked with Phoebe Judge. Last November, November of 2011, um, I had seen a program um, on NBC, I think it was, it was Brian Williams. The the gentleman doing the reporting was talking about Williston, North Dakota, and my husband was working second shift at this horrible job. What was the job? Um, He was working in a tool and die shop, just standing there, and pushing buttons for about $10 an hour. I mean, it was better than nothing, and it had benefits. So, I mean, with four kids, it was just kind of what we did. But it still must have been terribly hard to make ends meet. It was. It was very hard. It was very hard. There were many, many, many 
arguments and that all revolved around money. I mean, the, all of the strife in our marriage at the time was because we didn't know what else to do. We didn't know what else, how else to make it happen. And um, so I saw the program, and I sent him a text message, and I'm like, Williston, North Dakota, that's what I think you should do. And he's like, what is it? And I explained it more to him, and he's like, okay, you know, I'll think about it, and we'll talk about it tomorrow when I get home. And the following Monday, I was standing in my kitchen at the stove making dinner, and there was an advertisement on the radio about this job fair that was going on in Grand Rapids, Michigan, near where we live, um, for jobs in the oil industry. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And it, the job fair was on that Wednesday. And so he actually called into sick work Wednesday because he went to the job fair first thing in the morning, and they did everything right there. They did all the interviews. They sent him upstairs to a room in the hotel where they were doing it, and they had nurses from a local hospital doing drug tests and everything right there on site. And that job was actually um, working out in the natural gas fields in Pennsylvania. And he worked out there from January until May when pretty much everybody he worked with got laid off. So then there was a group of them that were able to get in touch with another company out in North Dakota, and it was the day after 4th of July last year. I believe he and two other gentlemen from our area drove out to North Dakota just so that they could go to job interviews because there was a job fair that was going to be going on out there. Now they've been working out there um, for the same company since they they started um, mid-July. And how often is he able to come home? Right now, the rotation that they're on, they're gone for three weeks at a time and then home for um, 12 days. But the pay is good. The pay is very good. He's making about four times what he made prior to going into the industry. And how has it been for you to lose not only your husband, but the father for the, for the children? You know, I said my husband was in the military before he was in the Army, which a lot of the people that work in this industry are. Um, We were not married at the time, but I liken it to that. Like, there's lots of little tiny deployments. And with the the increase of um, Internet capabilities and stuff, the kids are able to see him nightly and say goodnight and that sort of thing. But it's very hard. My oldest, our oldest is six, and our youngest is 17 months. And so there's four kids smashed into that group. And um, there are days when if it weren't for my parents living nearby us, I couldn't do it. I know I couldn't do it. I can imagine that it must be a remarkable relief that now your husband, for you and your husband, that, that he has a job that can support all of you. But I wonder if you ever think about the times that we're living in that he has to be away from you for most of, of your lives in order to support you. Yeah. You know, we, I, I guess we're both pretty pretty open-eyed about the fact that our family is what we made it. I mean, it was our choice to have the children that we have and to live the life that we live. And um, one of the biggest um, ironies of this whole thing is my husband is very... Um, conservative and, you know, is is one of those people that is like, we need to drill everywhere, whereas I'm kind of the other end of the spectrum, and I grow a lot of our own food, and we have chickens that we raise, and, um, you know, I, we look at 
we look at the times that we live in and we're thankful of the fact that we have each other for when we have each other and that we do live in a time when my children can still see their father every night. He might not be in the same room, but he can still see them and they can see him and they can talk to each other. And because I think back five years ago, that wouldn't have been as readily available. Have you, have your, any of your children asked you why their father has to have a job that's so far away? Yeah, yeah. Our, um, our oldest two are only 14 months apart. And so, um, you know, six and almost five. And, um, that's that's our biggest struggle is is trying to trying to explain to them that you know if we could have it any other way daddy would not work you know two plane rides away but that wouldn't be that that's not what we want you know ideally he would be able to find something in michigan but you know michigan got hit pretty hard and the jobs just aren't there and we don't have a choice and and the kids you know we've explained to them and they know a lot about the financial dealings of our household and you know we really work with them on getting the concept of well you know this is how much this one thing costs and this one thing is this many hours of of daddy working so if if this is what we want to have then daddy has to be gone and he has to be working so it's never what we had planned, but it is what it is, and it's working out so far. And we've discussed moving um, even somewhere closer to where he is, um, but we want to give it at least a year before we make any decisions about that. That's Hannah Paul speaking with Phoebe Judge. Mm-hmm. 